guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Ivy. <laughs> so, we'll uh, start off with our weekly updates. Looks like uh, California's not doing so well. I see that they've now shut down a bunch of shit in their state because of the, uh, the COVID. And I, I'm a little jealous. I, I am a little jealous. Here in Ohio, we've got some pretty, you know, our cases are getting out of control. And um, I think that we need to shut down again business it is it's it's fucking scary you know and what's scarier is the people out there that aren't wearing their masks and not washing their hands and you know not doing the things that they need to do in order for us to get past it like it's fucking goddamn embarrassing that like the rest of the world is is now starting to like get on with their lives and here we are moving backwards because people are turning into this into some fucking political bullshit that it's not, and it's like, it's really you know it's really annoying and scary, <laughs> you know how many people are just not listening to the facts and listening to the science and you know how this was some big democratic conspiracy to overthrow Trump and some bullshit and it's like yeah, that's just really dumb. I was talking to somebody today about uh, about Fauci, and do you know? I mean, do you really? I mean, you know, it's okay if you don't. Do you really honestly know anything about Dr. Fauci? I've heard some stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know the validity of it all. Because I didn't know anything about him until I decided to go ahead and look into his background and you know see, learn about him. Well, he comes from a family of doctors. First of all, um, you know, it ran, it ran in the family; they're all medical doctors. Um, he went and graduated from Cornell, and so it really you know respected college. Um, Fauci has a long history of all kinds of stuff. He's actually worked alongside the presidency since Reagan and, you know, with every president. Um, and he, you know, had developed a whole bunch of, you know, I won't get into the, the real details, but he developed a whole bunch of stuff that, that saved a bunch of people's lives. But he's been through everything. He's been through the AIDS epidemic. He's been, he was here for, you know, the swine flu. He's been here for, you know, all of it, all of it he's been here for. And now all of a sudden, you know, people are trying to act like he doesn't know what he's talking about and he's, you know, dumb. And it's like part of the leftist agenda. Uh, right. And it's like fucking Dr. Fauci is one of the most brilliant people, probably if not the most brilliant man that we have in, for medical science in the United States. There is no better person to put on the fucking coronavirus ta- task force or whatever the hell Trump's calling it. You know, there really isn't. There's nobody else that, that would know nearly as much as he does. And they're like, well, he's, you know, he's backpedaled and he's flip-flops. And it's like, yeah, he does. It's a new virus. <laughs> you, there's, you know, science isn't like cut and dry. It, it's trial and error. And, right. you know, we learn new stuff. And, I mean, God forbid we change our minds when we're presented with new information. So, I, it's just, it's been really, you know, annoying. But he's, I mean, he is a very impressive guy. I do highly recommend looking into some of Fauci's stuff if you're into, like, medical medical science history and stuff like that. Because um, he's, he's really done a lot. Um, so, to see him getting torn apart in the media is just, I mean, it's really, you know, frankly, well, it's disturbing. There was that, I don't know if you've seen it, but, like, the pandemic thing. Mm-hmm. I think that lady was saying some... Like off the wall shit about about like, Fauci. Yeah, about she's talking shit about is. Fauci. <laughs> Fauci, hey, listen, Fauci. If you need a gang of people, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's one scientist to another. So to me, that has more validity than say a journalist or something. But I can't remember all the specifics of it. But she was saying stuff like, I can't even remember. I did not watch Pandemic. Um, um, <clears throat> I did because I was curious. Now that lady, she, she has done some stuff. Can't remember what because I don't remember it. But <laughs> I don't uh, know. See, I just I'd heard you know pretty much immediately once pandemic came out, it was pretty easily debunked, and it was like people that I follow in the community already were like, "Don't even, don't waste your time. This is ridiculous." Well, um, her her guess, shit was fair, like raided by the government yeah. and she was like detained illegally yeah. and like they let her go and she's still like her talking about that stuff could get her detained again and they, they have no evidence against her yeah but they took all of her findings they took all of her information that she had gathered from her research and they I guess like used it to their advantage versus 
the the best of intentions for the people. So I mean, like it's I guess it's not fair for me to go ahead and condemn it because I have not seen it. So I don't really I don't know. You know, I can't speak on anything about it because I don't couldn't tell you any of the people's names or anything, you know, anything about it. For me to not, you know, to not know, it's just I guess because I've heard word of mouth that it's you know, not a good thing, but then again, you know, yeah. you should never really take anything for word of mouth and so well, I yeah. haven't really looked into any of that stuff because I'm not trying to go down that fucking rabbit hole. Yeah, because it can be. Like it can be. Um, I'd rather just wear a mask. Call it a day. Oh, right, it's not hurting my feelings to put a mask on and wash my hands. <laughs> well, that's what you know. That's what I keep trying to explain to the anti-mask people. Is that you know what? If we're wrong about the masks, okay, and they don't work and they don't do anything, the worst thing that you had to do was put a mask on to find out. Like, it's not hurting you to do it, you know? And then on the flip side of that, if it is helping and you're fucking walking around with disregard for the health of other people, you're a piece of garbage. <laughs> like, it's, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but that's coming from someone that's fucking high risk, you know? Like, it's, by you not wearing a mask, you're saying, you're telling me that you don't value my life at all. Right. That I mean nothing. And so... It's like, whether it's a the coronavirus is a conspiracy or not, the fact is that it exists. So, it's not even so much that the coronavirus itself is a conspiracy as to what is trying to be done with the coronavirus that's a conspiracy. Well, some people don't think it exists at all. Some people think that it's just completely fake. That's just fucking dumb. That's just dumb. Right. That is really dumb. So, people are like, oh, it's not real. Oh, the numbers are inflated. The numbers are this. The numbers are that. And it's like, I don't see them being inflated. I can see how people are confused because I actually watch the cases um, on a daily basis for Ohio specifically. And there is a discrepancy between what the Ohio dashboard, the website reports, and what the CDC reports. And then there's a discrepancy between not just what the state is reporting, but what every individual county is reporting. And so somebody somewhere is fucking these numbers up. And I do know that. I do know that. But it's like you know what but I'd rather proceed with caution and take the bigger number (laughs) and you know as if it's fact because I'd rather because to believe that it's some type of fucking political agenda is just ridiculous you know that just doesn't even make any sense it's like where was all this outrage with the fucking Ebola and swine flu and the bird flu but that's what people say why don't we shut down during those things but that's because it wasn't nearly as contagious that's because it was contained from the get-go. And then, you know... And it, people in fucking China and shit were wearing masks. Yeah. Well, they were more high-risk. Lots right. of people say if masks weren't work, then how come China has cases cases at all? Because they always wear a mask because they're pollution. And it's like... Okay, sure. And maybe China's probably lying about their numbers. I think they're lying about their numbers. But, like, look at their numbers and look at our numbers. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are... Number one. I mean, we're we are number one in, in in the world for cases. Fucking far beyond number one. We we have exceeded and blown away. Nobody will ever catch up to us at this rate. And you know, it's like you know, but who cares? Who gives a fuck about what China's doing? Who gives a fuck about where the virus came from at the moment? Like, who cares about those things? Let's figure out how to contain it first of all. Let's figure out how to get this back into some type of control so that way we can start moving forward with our lives. And then we can dig deep. And then we can figure out why and what and how and, and all of that. I mean, that's just, you know, my personal my personal opinion. Am I afraid of it? No, not really. Um, because, you know, from the sounds of it, I you know, I have, I have equal chances of dying if I get coronavirus or if I get the flu or if I get, you know, for me personally and my health, um, I'm still pretty high risk for whatever. You know, but I, nobody wants to fucking get the flu. Right. Nobody wants to get the flu, whether you're going to die or not from Who it. Who wants to get sick? Nobody wants I mean, to be fucking you sick. you don't want to go to work. Right. Nobody wants to be fucking... Even then, girl, if you're going to take a day off work, you don't want it to have to be a sick day. You want it to be a day that you drink too much the night before. Right. Or you're doing you something right. pretend day. to be sick. <laughs> right. You know, but yeah, so it's like, I'm not afraid of it, but at the same time, I'm going to be pretty pissed off if I die from coronavirus. Like, if that's what takes me out of all this shit that I've been through, if it's, if it's fucking coronavirus, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> so, I got too much to prove to the world before I uh, before I go. So, um, but on that note, you know, I decided to, you know, we did the poll this week, and we asked you guys what kind of um, topic, inf- you know, topic you wanted to, wanted us to do for the podcast, what you want to hear us talk about, and um, 
you know, not surprisingly, you guys voted on Cookiesology. Um, so, I mean, I was talking, and, you know, we were playing with the idea of doing specific creatures and things like that, um, you know, but then it kind of, you know, dawned on us that we don't have just a general um, episode about Cryptozoology itself, so, you know, what it is, what's classified as Cryptozoology, what kind of, you know, what kind of species we're dealing with and such like that, so we figured we would go more in-depth with all that and kind of explain it. Of course, we're going to tell some little one-off stories along the way, so you'll get to learn about plenty of creatures. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think it'll be a fun idea. Um, and then, you know, alongside the podcast here soon, and I know I keep saying this, and I know I keep shilling my shit, but, you know, at some point I will have a <laughs> YouTube channel, and I will have a, a series dedicated to cryptozoology and uh, the many different uh, creepy creatures that it, that it uh, you know, covers. So, um, so what, you know, what is cryptozoology? Uh, well, um, I myself am a cryptozoologist. Um, cryptozoology covers basically animals that we don't, I mean, in the simplest terms that we don't have on the books. So they're, they're, um, you know, Fordian creatures. <laughs> what does Fordian mean? Fordian is like anything that, Fordian covers the paranormal, the unexplained, you know, mysteries, things like that. Um, so when we're talking about Fordian creatures, we're talking more of an animal species. Um, so cryptozoology could cover anything from like stuff that we, that people have reportedly seen, you know, sightings of, of a creature that we see usually over and over again by multiple accounts to where people see it. So it must be real. However, we don't have any physical evidence that it exists. Um, cryptozoology covers animals that we believed were extinct, but no longer are. Um, you know, stuff like that. Just anything that that we don't have set aside a name for in our typical animal kingdom. Um, so you have anything as bizarre as, um, you know, something fucking weird like Mothman, who's, you know, half bird, half man thing. You know, just a, some type of flying humanoid. Is so, it okay. What if, like, okay, we know a pterodactyl has existed at some point. You right. know, some people might argue that that dinosaur has never existed, but whatever. Yeah, that's just okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, what if there was one that just like flew across the sky, and like five people seen it, and they're like, "Oh my god, there's a pterodactyl." Would that would then that be, be considered? considered? Yes, that would then that would be considered, uh, you know, a type of uh, some type of realm of study within cryptozoology. So that because is because it things. was extinct at one point, right? And then it, right, re-sided. and then now it's here. So, like, I mean, that is one thing. You know, pterodactyls are a thing that people do claim to see, <laughs> and you know that that they say you know still exists to this day. So they are Chickens. now. <laughs> Oh, and you know chicken. how I sent you that picture of, of the, the chicken, chicken on the fence? Yeah. You know what its name is? What? Nugget. Oh, really? Chicken oh. Nugget. Is it? It's a hen, right? So they have it's a, a she. They have a she just started okay. laying eggs. So they have they have it for eggs. They don't slaughter them, do they? Mm-hmm. They're all they're all hens. Mm-hmm. They just well, there's a, a boy and a girl. Uh, oh, well, you'll be happy together. <laughs> Nugget. What's the boy's name? I don't know. I didn't ask. Ivy has neighbors that has chickens. It's um, I love chickens. Well, I didn't even, like, realize it until, like, at least, like, six, seven months of me living with my roommates. Like, I was like... You don't uh, hear them? The neighbors have a chicken? They're like, yeah, they got two. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. (laughs) And then today I see it on the fence. Like, what do you want the fence about, sis? (laughs) She's considering... She's like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> We've been seeing each other for a while. <laughs> That's funny. How'd she get up there? She just pops up Aren't there. Are they worried yeah. that she's going to jump the fence? Uh, well, she actually has gone out into the road before, apparently. Because I told she her. She across the road. Hmm, right. Why do you think she was crossing the road? <laughs> Girl, I don't even know. <laughs> See you through the other side. <laughs> what? So, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. So... Well, first, so the free roam. They live in the backyard, mm-hmm. and they're but they're free roaming. Well, they have a house. They have a house, but and they lock but them out at night. Oh, well, at least they lock them up at night. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> okay. So the chickens. But they have like three dogs too. I'm surprised dogs haven't like 
tried them. They with just the chickens. Did they like the chickens? I mean, they play with it, and the <laughs> owners will like yell at the dogs. I think they're worried that <laughs> they're one day. <laughs> and they also got a go- golf cart. I don't know. What. Girl, these neighbors are so weird. They used to have this like whole open yard, and okay. then they like go chickens and golf ripped, carts. <laughs> ripped everything up, and now there's like. Well, there was an abandoned house that they bought the land, okay. tore down the house, and extended their yard. But now they have, like, four yards. It's all, like, Sunshine. fenced in, all weird. Which, I, like, I've kind of seen people do that. But, like, they'll usually do that because, like, they'll have, like, a yard just for the dogs. Yeah. And then, like, they'll have, like, their social. A yard just for the chickens. Oh, just for the chickens, yeah. <laughs> well, are they going to get more chickens? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, what, what do they need them for? Yeah, just because you can. I don't know. I don't know. I'd I have, wonder how many you're allowed to have. I'd have a bunch of chickens just so I could go outside every day. Them. Like, look at all these chickens. <laughs> you should get a chicken. You're obviously getting pretty cheap. I saw a skunk, too. Oh, no. That was cute. They well, it came, so like, up sweet. the stairs and then, like, the patio stairs. Yeah. And then it seen me sitting in the chair and it waddled away. And I thought it was a cat at first. I was like, what cat was that? Because there's, like... Ten outside cats. <laughs> and I look at it and it's wobbling through the garden. But then the kittens that <laughs> the cats had, there's so many. Uh, well, there's only three kittens. But they were out playing on the side. Mm-hmm. And that's where the skunk was going. I'm like, oh my god, these kittens are going to get <gasps> sprayed. And so, like, I didn't realize it. But one was, like, on the porch. Mm-hmm. And the skunk went around the corner. And, like, so... When I got up to go, like, look where the skunk was, I seen the cat, and it jumped down, and it was behind the skunk, and its tail went up, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh And it didn't spray him, at least while I was out there. And then I went back outside later, and I smelled skunk spray, so I was like, ooh, I think we're going to get cats. Someone got hit. Skunks are one of the sweetest animals. They really are. There's a place that I go to locally. It's called Idle Hour Ranch, and it's actually fucking amazing. Um, this this man and his wife they um, have this house and they happen to have all these different exotic animals as pets. Okay, so what they do is they open this up to the public. They'll let you come in. Usually they're only open on weekends, and you can go around and you could pet all of their animals. Like you're really up close and personal with these animals. It's kind of like a zoo, but it's like an exotic petting zoo. Kind of fucked up because it sounds like what I'm describing is like Tiger King. <laughs> it's similar. It is, um, but they don't buy the animals. They're all rescues. And so they all, so basically they're a sanctuary at this point. Uh, but they had a skunk, and oh my gosh, it was my favorite. He was so sweet. He would just rub his little face against my hand, and he would like, he, he would just run back and forth. He was all playful. He's just so fucking sweet. His name is Delavan. <laughs> and then I went back the next year. I go every year, but they're only open during the, uh, between the summer and the fall. And uh, I went back the next year, and he died. He was dead. You know, they used they to all, sell uh, skunks that fetched. Did they really? Mm-hmm. They're so sweet. Well, uh, uh, somebody locally, because I do animal rescue, somebody locally, um, their pet skunk got outside, and they they were looking for it. And it's like, man, that's a really shitty situation because like if somebody sees a skunk, they're not gonna like try to call it to them. Right. They're gonna go in the house. <laughs> you know, they they did end up finding their pet skunk. Um, that's good. But <laughs> yeah, it, you know, so it worked out. Um, but they are actually very very sweet. Um, I I would not mind having one, but they yeah they haven't gotten a new skunk yet because again they're a rescue so they don't they don't just go out and purchase these pets. Um, but you know what another like really sweet animal is that's like not common. What a turkey. Really, turkeys yes. are sweet. They come up and they'll hug you and they like lay yeah. their necks on you. There's like I watch it was some like you know vegan video of like mm-hmm. you know like animals have feelings or mm-hmm. whatever and it was like this person that rescued turkeys and they would like come up and give her hugs and everything like it's, it's cute oh well, i think any animal could be that way as long as you well since you know form some type of good bond with it right and since birds are related to pterodactyls do you think pterodactyls could be sweet or do you think they'd like come down and scoop a human i up? think they could be and wouldn't that be the fucking shit if you befriended a goddamn pterodactyl like <laughs> that would be amazing like an avatar like you just like connect your hair to its yeah so that is one story that i like um so yeah i mean getting back onto cryptozoology um and you know 
just kind of some of the things. So one of the stories, it's not a pterodactyl, but it is a giant bird. I, that, those are my favorites. Okay, so I, I guess I'll start there. Um, as a cryptozoologist, um, what types of things would I like to discover, you know, and or at least be able to, to get my eye on to know for myself that it exists? Because that's the thing. I'm not really like, yes, of course, I, you know, I do want to make some big breakthrough discovery one day, but I'm not doing that to change the world. It is a part of it. But for the most part, I, I'm really selfish, guys. I'm doing it for me. I want to know, you know, with no uncertain terms that these things are real. And so I want to see them with my own eyes. So my favorites are um, anything that swims and anything that flies, basically. And so, um, you know, that being said, the Thunderbird is, is one of my favorites. And, um, you know, thinking of these big, huge, giant birds out there, you know, and pterodactyls being in that same category, it's just so fascinating. So is the Thunderbird car named after? Well, the Thunderbird is a is an old well in in our in America, it's called the, we call it the Thunderbird because it's a it's a Native American legend. Oh, see, so, I've never looked into it. Yeah, Quetzalcoatl, they call it too, or the Thunderbird. Yeah, um, you know they control the storms and stuff. Yeah. They control the sky, and so they're basically guys of the sky. Um, so yes, the Thunderbird, you know, is named after. Uh, not the cryptid Thunderbird, but the Native American, you know, Thunderbird. But so, what would what do the Native Americans call like that type of being animal? Um, well, I believe Quetzalcoatl is the god. The is the name of the actual like god itself. Like, so, so, so it's a god. Right. That's what they right. consider. Okay. Well, all of those things they consider some type of. Well, I just didn't know because yeah. it was like you never know. A specific. It could yeah. Something yeah. different yeah. entirely. And they could like, mean very many, you know, many things depending on what tribe you're talking about. Right. And then of course, we're talking culturally just across the world in general because it's not just America that has had these sightings. It's just that's what we're most familiar with because you know we're most familiar with the native american culture because we live here <laughs> you know so that's what we and call it. even still we're not familiar right even we still we don't know everything but <laughs> you know that's what we know um okay so the thunderbird is the story that got me you know that's my one thing if, if i were going to make a big discovery um the story that that really gets me interested and got me interested in this is that there's a fabled they call it the thunderbird photograph lost the lost thunderbird photograph and it there is supposedly a picture out there that's very clear and it is uh five men standing in front of a bird that they have nailed to a barn and the bird is much larger than they are um and you know of course the legend is that they went out and they shot it and that would be huge news i mean that would be a big proof you know <laughs> that these things are real and um so you know it, if we had that of course you know there'd still be naysayers and whatever but for the cryptozoology community it would be a big breakthrough and uh people have seen this picture okay tons of people have come out and said that i know exactly what you're talking about i saw that picture it was in this book let me show you they pull out the book and it's not there anywhere it's weird there there's people that and that could explain it and actually that wasn't a thing when i was got really into this the mandela effect wasn't yeah. a thing and so you know that could explain it um that could be one of the earliest instances instances of that but there's people that have come out and said my great uncle's brother was the one that shot that bird we have that family photo i have it let me go get it for you and they go and look for it and it's not there and so nobody has been able to recover this famous photograph. Now, so many people have said that they've seen it. They know they've seen it. And there have been fakes. There's been a lot of duplicates. Uh, one picture that was going around the internet for a long time was a picture of like these, some type of soldiers standing in front of, and it was laying on the ground, standing in front of something. You might've seen it um, in front of a, a pterodactyl. And it's huge. And it looks great. You know, it does, it looks very realistic, um, but it was actually a promotion for the, uh, the show Twin Peaks. So it wasn't real, you know, and there's other ones too. Um, so that was like one of the first big things that got me into the mystery of the Thunderbird. I, I like a good challenge. And so I'm like, oh gosh, if I could see that photograph. 
Like, yes, if I could present it to the rest of the world, that would be huge. But if I could just, I want to see it. I want to see it with my own eyes <laughs> and say that this is real. That's fair. And, you know, at the very least. And if it disappears from my hands right then and there because nobody else is supposed to know, you know, fine. <laughs> I'll take it. I just want to see it. Um, and then another story um, that came out, it was a um, it was a child and his mother and whatever were outside. Um, this was, I believe, in the 60s or the 70s. It's been a while. Um, I'd have to really look into it. But they were outside, and her child is, I believe, a 10-year-old boy. So not a baby, you know, not a kid. Um, and then the neighbors were outside. You know, it was back in the day before, you know, TV or Internet. And uh, all the neighbors watched as this giant fucking bird came and swooped down and tried to pick the child up and take it. And, you know, tried to fly off with it. Now, the bird struggled, um, you know, which means that if this was a 10-year-old boy, um, the fact that the bird was even able to pick this child up off the ground means that it had to be fucking massive. And so all, everybody saw this happen. People were panicking, trying to get the bird, you know, the bird to leave the boy alone. The bird flies up onto this big, huge pine tree that was like, I don't know, some crazy, you know, it was huge. And then I believe they say another bird of equal size joined it and then they both flew off together and didn't come back and so and this was an entire neighborhood of people that saw this event happen and so um you know were, were they all in on it you know why would the whole neighborhood come together and make up this weird story about some bird trying to carry off one of the children it just doesn't make any sense right it would you be know? one thing if it was like a story they told their kids of why right. they shouldn't wander the streets alone or something but Right, but this was a child in his backyard with everybody there. It just, it didn't make any sense that all these people saw it. You know, they all said it looked very similar to, like, condor, and condors are very large. Um, they have, you know, this big old wingspan, but they're not that large, and they're not big enough to be able to pick up a human child and fly off of it. Now, granted, again, the bird did struggle, but still, this was a brave motherfucker. You know, this is a big, brave bird. It wasn't scared. <laughs> so, um... You know, that's that's one of my things. And, and maybe it's fitting as to why I'm, you know, working on a documentary about the Mothman. Because, you know, it's just one of those bird-like creatures. And it's fascinating to me. Because if there's going to be creatures out there that we can't really exist, or we can't really prove exist, it's going to be ones that fly and it's going to be ones that swim. But I think the reason for that is because the ones that can swim and the ones that can fly have more hiding spaces. We don't primarily occupy the water, and we don't primarily occupy the sky. We primarily occupy the earth, which is why it's hard for a lot of things to hide from us that are walking amongst us. Not that there isn't, but I think that there's a lot more unknown in those two areas of the world because it's not places that we live in every day, and we're there every day, and you know. So it just it makes sense to me. You can't just take a stroll through the ocean. <laughs> walk on the fucking right, clouds. Right, right. You know, so, we do have a park called Cloud Park, but, but it's people, not in the clouds. Yeah, but that's one thing that I'm always looking. Every time I go to Point Pleasant, I'm not looking in the woods, which is Bigfoot there too, so I probably should be. But, you know, I'm not looking in the woods. I'm not looking in the roads. I'm watching the skies. I'm watching the highest points of the mountaintops to see if I can see anything because those are places that you and I can't just go and get to easily. And they can <laughs> because they have the possible the capability to do that, you know. Um, so, you know, those are my personal, uh, some of my personal favorites. I will get teary eyed. Like, I will see a new piece of evidence. It is so weird for me. It's such a surreal experience that, you know, I just know that this is my, what I'm supposed to be doing because, like I said, I will break out in full blown tears when there's a significant. Um, piece of evidence brought to my attention. It's not even proof. Like, it's not even actually, you know, it's not proving the existence of these things. It's just getting that much closer to understanding it, to being able to, you know, process it and things like that. Um, now, it's not like I don't like other areas of the weird. You know, ghosts, they're not they're not cryptids. That's, that's not cryptozoology. Aliens are not cryptozoology. There is a gray area between aliens and cryptozoology, there could be, depending on what you believe in and what you're following. Um, but for the most part, like, you know, the Roswell incident doesn't have anything. That's Freudian, that's, but that's not cryptozoology. Um, cryptozoology, again, is more the animals. And 
you know, what exists out there. And then, so like we were talking about, <clears throat> you know, talking about, you know, a pterodactyl or whatever. Well, there is a big one in the, um, you know, one of the main ones in, that um, represent um, an endangered species coming back to life is the Tasmanian tiger. Um, now, they strictly exist in Tasmania. <laughs> Um, but we actually um, hunted them to extinction as humans. And it was pretty recently. It was like the 1930s or something like that, that we hunted them to extinct, extinction. Now, the Tasmanian tiger, if you have not seen it, and I'll, I'll show you the video later, because they are very interesting creatures. They walk on four legs, but they're a marsupial. So they're, you know, a kangaroo. <laughs> you know, but they, they walk on four legs. They have these really odd-shaped long tails. They've got these huge mouths like their snouts are very long but these huge mouths and they're striped they have stripes on them so they're kind of almost like big cats but they're not um but they're you know very similar and uh did you know kangaroos can't hop backwards i did not know that what is that just the structure of their feet they both they, they, they try and they <laughs> both like that <laughs> have you ever seen that video of the kangaroos like fighting like mm -hmm. It's just like, I don't know, like some random outside cafe. <laughs> They're like Get falling inside. all over each other. Somebody's in the background. World star! Kangaroos <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are so weird. They're such an odd animal. They're sweet, though, too. Like, I they mean, if we sweet. if we couldn't prove that a kangaroo exists, like if nobody, like, you could go out and see one, yeah, that could be considered a fucking cryptid because... It could. That's fucking weird. It sounds like, bizarre. You tell right. them, like, oh, it's got a pocket on its belly that right. it keeps its babies in. <laughs> and like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? It hops around. What? It's and it boxes. Yes, it's boxing skills are magnificent. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it would. It would sound very bizarre. Mm. The giraffe. The giraffe is one that I like to use as, as an example because we did not always classify them as, a, as, a, as an animal. And so it's like the first time someone just saw a giraffe. They come back and they're like, oh my God, it's got this thing and it's spotted and it looks like a camel, except its foot, its neck is like nine feet long. And so like, <laughs> that sounds fucking bizarre. <laughs> like that sounds so weird, but we know they exist. They're real. So, I mean, that's the best way that I explain that to, to people. But anyway, back to the Tasmanian tiger. Um, what I was saying was that they, um, you know, they're extinct, but people have seen them. There was actually, um, one of the most recent photographs of it was back in like, uh, I think 2017. And there's just, I mean, I've seen the picture, and of course, there's always those people, there's always skeptics, but there's no way that it's anything but a Tasmanian tiger. And, like, in the local areas, it's pretty much known that these things are still around, but we haven't been, been able to recover a body. You know, we can't say... There's so few of them. For sure, right. We can't say for sure that it is. And so, you know, but it is, it is really fascinating, um, you know, because we do have stuff like that. Well, I'm pretty sure when they classify something as extinct, it doesn't actually mean it doesn't exist anymore. I think it just means that it is beyond being able to, like, recreate enough to be a full species again. I can't say yes or no if that's, if that's factual, that. but I think it's because we can't, we don't have a tracker on every single animal that right. exists in the, in the family. So we just go, ba we, we do basic, I think extinction for us means that it doesn't exist. Or like you said, it probably is so dwindled down that the, that they're not going to recreate. Like there's only two of them that we know that exist anymore. And maybe they're past their prime of being able to reproduce. So they'll never have babies. And so even though we have two more that are still alive, they're dead after those two die, you know. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, that's basically the guidelines for it. Um, another thing another thing that's kind of a fun, more realistic area of cryptozoology is um, animals that are displaced. So in Ohio, in Columbus, actually, um, a couple of years ago, I think it was like 2010, um, somebody caught footage on their trail cam of a fucking zebra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, walking around in the woods. And... You know, zebras aren't native to USA, America. You know, they're not. They're not <laughs> Ohio, Columbus. Right. You know, they're not. They're not native to us. So that's pretty bizarre to have a, a zebra just walking around. So displaced animals are um, are kind of a thing, and so you know they kind of become an enigma because then, of course, when they don't belong here, we don't want them to stay here. And then usually, when they're here in our areas where they don't 
you know, clearly, like a zebra didn't swim across the ocean just to come to Columbus, Ohio. You know, um, somebody probably dumped it. And so, you know, you kind of want to figure out the who and the why, and you want to figure out where it belongs and put it somewhere where it's going to thrive. A good example of that are the um, Burmese pythons in the Everglades. They are not native to Florida, but so many people have gotten them as pets. And they end up being displaced because they get so goddamn big that people can't take care of them properly as pets and have dumped them. So they were originally dis a displaced species, and then they ended up taking over the area. And now they're a problem in the area because they don't and they don't belong in that natural environment. So they're thrown off the food chain of you know what they should have. But now because it lives there, because it because there's there's such a population there, it has become kind of a native species so it's gone from cryptozoology to just zoology at that point um you know but that is another interesting um interesting thing that we have i, I know um somebody reported that they had seen a cougar up the street here on it was, uh, um, it was, a road. It, was <laughs> it was a uh, jaguar that was spotted in trotwood when that um when that guy released all his animals. Yeah. yeah, there was a bunch of... Was it in Trotwood? I'm pretty sure it was Trotwood. That, no, that, that could have been from that guy. Maybe somebody got rid of theirs, but that's that Zanesville is far. <laughs> that's well, real far. it happened to occur. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if they ever figured yeah. it out, but yeah. it was definitely was. spotted. Well, there was, speaking of chickens, there was a chicken a couple years ago in Delco Park. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and they couldn't, it took them days to catch this chicken. <laughs> It was, it was in the local park. So, I mean, that's technically, a, a, well, I guess chickens could be considered, I guess, native here. I don't think we have wild chickens, but um, because we have so many, it's not that unusual. But that would be, that would still be within the realm of cryptozoology. It would be displaced animals. And so, um, you know, that is something that, that does occur. Or we'll have, like, like maybe we used to have an active, um, you know, species, an active reptile species, but maybe we've killed them off in our in that specific area, so it shouldn't live there anymore. But they do. But yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's that's kind of the more boring part of it, you know. And then of course we've got things like you know the the fabled jackalope, you know, the bunny rabbit with the antlers, um, which I, I think that just started because it was so easy to taxidermy, you know, fucking antlers onto a bunny, <laughs> a jackrabbit. And, uh, you know, make it look like it was something else. You know, that is another thing, the, the gaffes that they make. And, well, we know, or at least I know, I've gotten the shelf and I've been looking for taxidermy stuff to, to put on it. Which, girl, I know you saw that mouse, honey. <laughs> I've been really into the mice that do stuff. <laughs> little taxidermy mice that are doing little scenes and things. Um, but there are, there's all kinds of stuff. Like, I've been considering buying this uh, mermaid skeleton. Is it real? No, it's not real. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a taxidermied work of art. But it is legit bones put together. It's just not real. You know, the, the actual thing itself, what it makes up at the end, is not what it is. And so some of the legends do come from stuff like that. The Fiji mermaid is a big one. You know, where they just took, uh, you know, the torso and head of a monkey and they put it onto the bottom half of a fish and it looks good and it's believable but there's nothing like that that exists out there you know it's, it's not real it's not a real animal um so you know that's as kind of as far as we know as far as we know but that one specifically is not <laughs> that one that one is not could it exist sure but that one mm -mm. you know so it's like there and, and that is a weird you know they're kind of fun i enjoy them because it is kind of a work of art but then it does kind of hurt the community itself because when you when you have this fake evidence, it just degrades the science a lot. And that's hard. You know, it is hard. Like, that's the weird thing. When you tell somebody that, that you're a monster hunter <laughs> and, you know, you're out to prove the existence of Bigfoot and, like, monsters and, you know, or just me. I tell people I'm working on a Mothman documentary. It sounds insane. <laughs> it does. And I'll tell you what. I have been getting more and more involved with the Fortean community, and we all have the same sense of relief when we find each other, and that other person is not a complete fucking psycho. Like, most of these people, <laughs> they're scary. Nuts. They're crazy. Yes, they've got their tinfoil hats, and it's just, it's it's scary. 
Um, so, it, you know, it is hard to find others that take it seriously, that take it as an actual science rather than people that, you know, they already think that, you know, there's a tracking device in their, in their brain and, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, which I, I try, I'm, I'm very open, obviously, again, I'm a fucking monster hunter for a living, um, but, um, you know, I, I try to stay open to the possibility of people's, you know, things, um, but you can just kind of tell, you can kind of tell who's crazy and who's not, you know, when they start telling you their stories and things like that. You can also kind of tell the difference between people that are telling you their stories and that are, are liars. I've had people send me emails and, um... You know, some of them, I'm just like, okay, this is just somebody trying to get their right. 15 minutes of fame. And you kind of walk into it skeptical with every single person that you meet. And so... Well, you kind of have to. You have to, yeah. You have to. So you got to keep you gotta keep an open mind, but at the same time, you have to stay within the realm of possibility. And, you know, all of us as investigators, we have different realms of possibility, and I, I respect that as well. Um, but I just, I know where my boundaries are and, you know, you just kind of, but you just kind of know, you, you know, the bullshit stories from the real ones and you know, the crazies from things that are legitimate. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, cryptozoology goes, it is a science and it is, um, you know, very much a, a very real thing that is important for us to be able to expand and understand our, our species better, you know, just, just our general biology you know works we're just like we you know talked about extensively about the bigfoot episode you know if well bigfoot does exist he's out there you know and what is he is he a missing link between us it, it's important for us to know if we're able to breed with interspecies you know it's it, that's important for us to know and you know we've kind of proven with other things that we can like uh like a liger is very much a type of blur between zoology and cryptozoology because science says it shouldn't exist. But it does. But it does, right. And it is able to because we're not supposed to be able to breed with, you know, with interspecies. But we can. Mules. Mules are also kind of on that gray area. Mule is, 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 a, is a mix between a horse and a donkey. And nobody ever really puts any thought into it. But in all reality, they shouldn't exist. <laughs> and they, it shouldn't be possible for, for us to have them. And then on top of that, you know, it was a, it was a big thing that um, we found out that um, that uh, ligers could breed. And actually, it was Joe Exotic, believe it or not, that found out that they could, in fact, breed. But we were led to believe that because of, because of their weird genetics anyway, that they would be, you know, they, they were impotent and they, they were you know, sterile. They, they weren't able to have, to have babies, but they were. Um, and he, he found that out. And so, I mean, that's, a, that's just a whole other, you know, science to it. Um, so, I mean, it is a mix of, of multiple things uh, that, you know, come together to make this one big break. So it's not all just, you know, Bigfoot and Nessie. Like, it's not, you know, it's not just the Mothman. It's not, you know, these weird, you know, it's not these, you know, it's not unicorns, you know. It, it's, a, it's, there's, it's a bigger picture. I mean, it's, it's just the missing science of zoology and of biology and you know studying the animal kingdom and um you know things like that so it's uh i mean it, it's fun it's a lot of fun because you, you get that taste of studying the unknown while, while also being able to have that breakthrough of the of the known you know to make it that way and so it is it can be a lot of fun um but it's not that far off I, you know i get skeptics all the time that are like oh whatever that shit's not real this, that, and the other. You know, you hear that. There's, there's a mixed opinion on Bigfoot. There's a lot of people that will public, publicly come out and say that it's not real. Well, we already know that it is, so. <laughs> you know? Right, we already know that it is, so you can't tell me otherwise. You know, but we do have other things. Um, in my case, I'm kind of intermingling cryptozoology with Floridian studies. Because as you all know, I'm working on this Mothman documentary, and as I've kind of explained before, Mothman to me is, is a type of exception that blurs the line between Fortean and, and, and cryptozoology because I believe that it is a little bit of both. Um, you know, then we're talking about, <laughs> I won't get into it too much, but then we're talking about, um, you know, the ultra terrestrials and we're talking about different dimensions and we're talking about things like that. Is it a species of some sort? Yes, I believe it is. I believe it's a biological species. Is it a species that 
is within our realm of possibility to, to completely understand? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, but I, I, I do now believe that it is some type of something. I mean, it, <laughs> it's something biological for sure. Um, but, you know, the, like I said, you can see where it easily makes that gray area, you know, what's alien and what's a creature. The Flatwoods Monster. The Flatwoods Monster is a great example. It was just a weird one-off sighting in the woods somewhere. It seems to be alien in nature, but again, it's biological because it's something that exists. It's something people could see. It's something that they knew was there. Um, and then it took off, and, but it, it came in a spaceship. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Where's the difference? You know, where where do you draw the line? I think with cryptozoology, most of the time, that's more the study of things that live here, that they call our planet their home. Whereas when you're talking about Sordian studies and mingling the two, you're still talking, again, about a biological creature, but not one that necessarily calls our planet its home. And then that's something entirely different. You know, that makes it something new, and that makes it something bigger than just us so you know that's that's where my job is in here but of course i'm always gonna want to see the thunderbird photograph <laughs> um i i want to go live on uh on lake okanagan and and watch for ogopogo because i think that's one of the most likely to exist of, of the sea monsters <laughs> you know i got my own little dreams and things like that um and i'd be happy like if i if i was if i was able to you know hit one of these milestones is if I was able to again see something and I have not I've never seen a creature that I couldn't explain I've had weird experiences I've had otherworldly experiences I've had um I had this one crazy story maybe when we talk about aliens again I'll tell it but um <laughs> you know I've had weird things happen but I've never seen a biological creature that I couldn't explain um the closest I got was I saw a huge ass bird not quite as huge as what I'm talking about in terms of Thunderbirds fly across, uh, you know, a, an old road in the woods in the middle of the night at some point. You know, but I think it was just like an owl or something. I, I you know, I wouldn't go as far as to call it something really that was, you know, a, a cryptid or anything like that. Um, but I've never had one of those experiences. And um, when I do have one, you know, I know that at that point in my life, I will be fulfilled. Does that mean I'm going to stop studying? Absolutely not. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think that that would give me a drive to continue to go. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, well, now I know this shit is real, you know? <laughs> and I would probably fixate on whatever it was I saw. If it was Bigfoot, it'd be Bigfoot. You know, whatever it was, that's what I would focus on. Um, but, uh, you know, for, you know, from there, um, I, you know, I would have to, I, I don't know. There's just... I, I think it would drive me to do it even more, but I think emotionally, with what I feel like I've accomplished, I would feel like I've I've got, I've finished my work. I mean, for the most part. Um, but you know, then I guess I'd set bigger goals at that point. But I, I, you know, I haven't had any of those weird experiences, so you know. But that's, uh, I mean, that's basically from from the mind of a you know from from the mind and the mouth of a cryptozoologist. You guys uh, heard it here. <laughs> do you have any questions about anything? Not really. No. I mean, I've I've listened to you enough from just right. talking to you and hanging right. out with you to. I mean, like I don't like necessarily retain all the information, yeah. but I have like a general understanding because that's a lot to retain. It is. I don't even know how you do it because it, well, because there's so many different areas of it, and so it is. <laughs> it is a lot, and I forget a lot. You know, I, I, I mention things like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and, and things like that all the time. You know, but like, but that's because that's what people like know. Like, people know those. People hear those. They're like, oh, I know that. Oh, you know, I know that one. That's Bigfoot. Or, oh, that's Nessie. Um, but, you know, then we don't talk about things like the Wampus Cat. You know, <laughs> we don't talk about the fucking Beast of Bray Road. You know, we don't. <laughs> the, the, the Fresno Nightcrawlers. <laughs> the Walking Pants. <laughs> the Walking, the walking Pants, you know. And that's because not a lot of people know about those, you know, so, but it's like, I, you know, I know about them, but I do forget, you know, there's a lot of cases that I do forget. And there's, you know, some things tend to stick out more than others. Um, some things are more plausible than others, but we do have the weird shit like the walking pants. And that's just so bizarre and strange. You know, the Fresno Nightcrawlers is so weird 
And you know what is what the fuck is so cute? (laughs) They're scary. If you're telling me if you saw that in the middle of the night, you wouldn't be scared. No, I'd be like, oh, you're just so cute. I don't know if they're aliens or not, bitch. I'm afraid of aliens. (laughs) If you're afraid of aliens, then and I don't know if they're considered. I mean, they could be alien or they could be a cryptid. I don't really know. You know, they're they're kind of fall in that gray area. It could be a ghost. It could be. Somebody lost their their upper half, and it's just a ghost. Walking around, <laughs> they're they're so strange. The giant tooth, you know, they had to call them. Yeah, they're uh, you know, but there are these weird, you know, one-off sightings or these weird one-off stories that you hear about, and you know, like again, I've received all kinds of weird stuff, and it's you know just from different people reporting, and, and I love it. I love to hear about the stories because, you know, it's like the thing is, is that some of the shit that people tell you, like there, of course, there are people out there that give you the fake stories just to get that five seconds of fame or whatever. But some of the stuff that people tell you, it's so out there and it's so bizarre that they just couldn't have made that shit up. I mean, it's just, they just couldn't have. You know, where do they get this stuff from? And so, and you know, maybe one day I'll go through and kind of read some of the stories and stuff. But um, yeah, some of it is just, it's like, you know, that's just not, the melon heads, the melon heads is another one. That was something that I said, do you even know about the melon heads? They're nope. like these kids that roam the, the woods, um, and they're reported in Ohio, they're reported in uh, Connecticut, Michigan. Is it like the kids with the black eyes? <clears throat> black eyed children? Uh, kind of. These ones have like giant heads. And so this legend that we have in Ohio is that it was a this mad scientist adopted these children and started experimenting on them and made them have these huge ass heads. The kids got upset, burned the surgeon's house to the ground, and now they live in the woods, not really knowing their place in the world. And, you know, the different... Um, Yo, Vicky. <laughs> Yo, Vicky. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. The surgeon's the name was Dr. Bickethead. <laughs> Dr. Bickethead. <laughs> oh, God. Yo, Bickethead. We, we should spread that around. But, yeah, so, you know, but they... Um, you know, it's just kids that dwell in the woods with these large-ass, weird-looking heads. And so, but, you know, they're considered, is that paranormal? Was that, is that cryptid? You know, it's, it's again, it's one of those things, it's a gray area. It's like so many people have reported seeing these things, these kids, but we can't prove that they exist. So, <laughs> you know, what do we do with that information? You know, we just, uh, we hang on to it and we study it. And if we uh, find evidence for it, then, of course, we'll move forward with, you know, for their, you know, for what it is. But... I think that's the fun in cryptozoology, especially being somebody that has pretty bad ADHD, is that if I get bored of one subject, I can just move on to the next. You know, it's all within the same realm of, of study, but it's also different that it, it gives me the outlet to be able to go wherever I want with it. And uh, and I like that. You know, I, I, I think I do. I mean, of course, that's coming from a people that's a cryptozoologist, a Freudian investigator, a horror hostess, a podcaster, and, <laughs> and a model. So... <laughs> You know, I think I've proven that I like my career to be multifaceted. <laughs> well, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. You know, I mean. Keeps it interesting. It's like it people that were actors for so long, yeah. they get bored with it. And then what do they do? They try to sing. And right. then it just doesn't work. It's like, you gotta sing, do it all from the get-go. They'll, they'll get into special effects makeup. They'll become a director. You know, they do all this other And sometimes it works. Stuff. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it but, works and sometimes it doesn't. you know, if doesn't. you do it all at once or like, you know, close right. to each other, like, you right. know, then it at least kind of makes sense. Yeah. It but does. it was like even like Lady Gaga going to acting. Yeah, she was great at it. But it's like, oh god, Lady Gaga's yeah. gonna act. It was like one of those things. Because you know? everybody does that. Yeah. Like, and then Lindsay Lohan, like yeah. having music, mm-hmm. which and I like Lindsay stuff. Lohan's music. But you know, whatever. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you definitely. I mean, I like to be able to have the. Uh, the ability to keep it interesting because I like all of those things and those are all big areas of interest in my own life and so yes I'd be I'd like to be able to express them and and I will um just because I can sit here and talk you know talk your ear ear off about these all these scientific things um you know doesn't mean that I'm against you know making money to show you my boobies (laughs) like (laughs) my boobies you know so um (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't uh I don't feel like any of my, my career choices take away from the other. 
that's for sure. I feel like if anything, it just highlights it even more. It's like, okay, you know, I'm interesting enough to listen to, but I'm also nice enough to look at. So <laughs> it works. <laughs> it worked in my favor. I was born blessed. <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, um, yeah, as far as my cryptozoology goes, I mean, that's probably my number one for me. That That is, that is the career I would like to most succeed at. If I only had to choose one, and I could only pick one thing for the rest of my life to do, it would be to hunt monsters. <laughs> I love it. Now, is that if there's a guarantee that it will take off, or a guarantee, well, a guarantee that it'll take off, or it could just take off, or it could just not? Well, that would, would I you mean, still choose that I one? guess that would be like if, um, I, I guess what, what I what I mean, like if I had to choose would be, you know, Satan presents himself and goes, I will make you succeed in any of those things, any of these things, but you only have to pick one. And that's the one thing I would pick. Now, as far as, like, succeeding in any of the areas, like, say I continue doing everything, okay? Um, say I am, which seems to be right now kind of what's going on, say I'm more desired in the horror community. So I'm really, my career is really taking off there, right? I'm doing a lot more there than I am anywhere else right now in my life. Um, so right now, that is obviously the more successful. Um, you know, I, I'm still not willing to give up this part of my life just to further pursue that career. You know, I'm still, I still very much have a need to juggle all of it if I can. But if it really got in the way, like if my other career really got in the way of this and it, it, it gave me an ultimatum to where I could only pick one or the other, I'd pick cryptozoology. <laughs> still. <laughs> I would, um, you know, because that is, you know, what I what I love to do. But thankfully, in all of the different careers, because I'm my own boss, you know, I'm free to do it all. And, you know, that's the really beautiful thing about it and the beautiful thing about the Internet nowadays and, and how things spread and how things get around is that, you know, for the most part, um, there's a lot of layover with all of my fan base. So it's like the horror fans most of the time are going to be interested in, like, Bigfoot and shit. You know, they're going to they're gonna want that stuff. You know, the, the 40 investigators may not so much be interested in the horror. I, I've seen a lot of them be involved in the horror community. Um, but they're so interested in what I have to say about the area that I study with the cryptozoology that, you know, they're willing to stick around just for that. And that's, I respect that. Well, I mean, it's all interesting no matter what. Right. It no all is interesting. Right. So, right. So it's not like they're all, any of them are born kind. So <laughs> it's, it's been fun, <laughs> you know, but then I have that layover where I'm working on a documentary. So the, the career in film helps with that other career in film. It's just that I'm working with film and reality rather than film and fantasy. And so, you know, both kind of help the other. And so, you know, as of right now where I'm at, you know, I have this TV show and I'm, I'm with a production company and, um, you know, they may want to, um, pick up the documentary to, for distribution. Right. And so, you know, that, that works because they know me, they know my personality, they know that people are going to be interested in what I have to say, and it's weird enough to where it could walk along the walk alongside horror. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Cryptozoology. I mean, like I said, I guess if you don't have any uh, specific questions, um, I guess we can go ahead and cut this off. You know, we'll definitely do more um, in-depth conversations about different species and things like that. Now, see, it is kind of hard to do um, because, like the Tasmanian tiger, unless I have an update to include in the weekly updates, I mean, we pretty much covered everything that there was to cover about that one. You know, so it, it, it would be really hard to put that into an entire podcast it's not impossible <laughs> but um you know especially with the way that we get off the rails um but <laughs> you know well, it, we it didn't get be, Karen on the case this time we did so. not you know I was but thinking about that be. the other day Karen has not been around solving any of our of our problems <laughs> but I agree I think we we need to call Karen in on on these Karen fucking on the cryptids. cryptids, right? <laughs> and get Karen on the cryptids, <laughs> Karen and the cryptids. <laughs> and what management are Karen and the cryptids going after? Because you know she's gonna. Oh, get an she's army. oh yeah, absolutely. Probably the U.S. government for now. 
and she's then gonna help them show them off interdimensional well they're biological right with that she might have to contact the mothership if she's going to interdimensional <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's gonna have to reach all the way out to the moon and back for her <laughs> for her request <laughs> take me to the mothership <laughs> They're all looking at each other like, who is this? And she's like, I'm Karen. <laughs> My name's Karen. <laughs> and I need to see your manager. <laughs> They're like, this life form has a peculiar haircut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Karen. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely need to get Karen back on here. Yeah, because I was thinking about her the other day. I was like, wow, where's Karen been? She's... <laughs> She's got to solve all this shit. She's got to do it. She wasn't even there for the Bigfoot. I she's mean, got a lot on her plate. She does. She's got. You yes, know, we need to speak does. to Karen's manager. We need to speak. Right. Manager. We need to. Yes. We need to get a hold of Karen's manager because that bitch ain't been doing her job. I'd like to file a complaint. <laughs> I'm going to need a coupon for next time, Karen. Right. <laughs> that does not expire. Even right. if it has an expiration date. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But yeah, so yeah, like I said, we'll definitely go into depth and we'll explore more stuff. I know I know Ivy has her heart set on a certain species and, and we'll cut we'll cover them. Um, but as far as general cryptozoology, I think uh I think that's gonna do it for today, guys. So we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.